You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, mystery-minded, muffin-munching, magical uh, Mr. Mistopheles. This is Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. Today's show is episode 246, and of course, I'm your humble host, Karen, and we are your delightful delivery people with delicate deltoids delegating a delectable deluge of deliciousness. I'm Colin. And I'm Chris. Now and forever at the Winter Garden Theater. <laughs> <laughs> my my friend invited me to, you know, the Alamo Draft House, the, the nice, cool, hip sure, uh, movie sure. theater. Oh, yes. It was like a, a hate watch of Cats, the film, you know, the, the one with the, the, <laughs> oh, the problematic yeah. CGI. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that one. Yeah. It's like a sing along kind of a party to give you like cat cat ear hats and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't it doesn't have to be a hate watch. It could be something closer to like you know Rocky Horror maybe. If where you know it's, what you're getting. It's campy. Going in. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And you're there to yeah. have fun. With yeah. People. Here now, I have not seen this movie, Chris. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, I have. It was the last thing I did before the the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> It was the last film I saw. Yeah, the last movie I saw before, before Pandemic was Uncut Gems. So we're really uh, covering <laughs> oh, quite a range there between oh, Cats yeah, a little and bit. Uncut yeah. Gems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just going to I'm just gonna be very blunt here, Karen. Go on. Like, yes. w- were the buttholes a problem in the movie? No, 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 no. Right, they took those it? out. Oh, they took them out. Okay, all right. That was Oh, problem. I didn't know okay. they were a thing. Yes. <laughs> Apparently, during the production of the movie, the Cats for a time, had little buttholes on them. CGI. CGI cat buttholes. Right. Okay. Probably a wise decision. If you've seen pictures of the original stage production of Cats, Mm -hmm. it's also weird. Yeah. It's also like nightmare It's very interesting because, so, 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 Regina, my wife, you know, she saw the movie first before she'd even heard the soundtrack. So she ended up watching the movie with friends. And so she she saw that first, but then we had had tickets to see the the musical in San Francisco. She actually saw it out of order, and I had actually never seen it before either. Uh, or or I I had heard the soundtrack a lot, and I had seen videos of the performance yeah, yeah, yeah. in the theater. What works in the live theater space, you know, <laughs> does not in this case transfer <laughs> over to the film experience. But they are both very weird. But that weirdness is like it's like acceptable. When yeah, it's, um, when it's yeah, sort of when you're stage. in ridiculous costumes. Yeah, yeah. My favorite cat is a uh, Skimble Shanks, the railway oh, yeah. cat. He's oh, he's up favorite. there for me too. Yeah, That's yeah, a good yeah. One. Yeah, it's a good cat. All right. Well, welcome to the Cats Podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, each episode would be a cat. Yeah. Sorry, Colin. Uh, you have a trivia news bit. Oh, yeah, I, I've got a very, uh, uh, well, I don't know about very important. I don't know about important at all, but I do have an update. Uh, I do have an update uh, on a fact. So on episode 233, uh, we talked about competitions and contests. And I, I talked about the lottery. And I had a question about the uh, largest lottery jackpot in U.S., uh, nay, world history. That has 
since been superseded just in just in the last few months here so on that episode i had a question about largest jackpot the answer to the question at the time was 1.586 billion with a b jackpot there were three tickets sold to that so split three ways uh that was from 2016 but in november of 2022 a powerball winning ticket for $2.04 billion. How many tickets? So that one single ticket. Oh, so they didn't have single to share it. Ticket. So yeah, as, as far, as far as we know now, um, yeah, I mean that, that was in, uh, November was the drawing, the Powerball drawing on February 14th. California lottery officials announced uh, the winner's name, confirmed, yes, we have verified that this person won. That is the only ticket claimed so far on the, yeah, that's right. Whoa, so so they won back in November, but they didn't announce it until February. Until, yeah, as late as January, I guess, it was still unclear if, if it was going to be claimed. And, you know, I mean, that's the oh, interesting okay. thing with these lotteries is- mm. You know, you announce you have the Powerball drawing and then maybe someone claims it, maybe someone does it. But then there's a very kind of lengthy process here of someone deciding to come forward, figuring out what they want to do. How long do they have to wait? Is there a deadline? There is a deadline. I think it's fairly generous. Um, But yeah, you can't you can't hang on to that thing forever. Uh, You do sort of have to come forward in a relatively timely fashion and, and claim it. Congratulations to uh, Edwin Castro, apparently, uh, who bought the ticket in Altadena, California. Ooh. Yeah, so new facts. If you're listening to episode 233, don't um actually me. Um, I, I'm giving you, I'm giving, <laughs> giving you the lowdown Update. now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Without further ado, let's jump in to our first general trivia segment, Pop Quiz Hot Shot. All right, I'm doing like a like a three card Monty here. I got so I have three random Trivial Pursuit edition cards here, mm. and you guys have your Barnard buzzers. Let's let's see which one do we want to do? Trivial Pursuit Genus Four, uh, Trivial Pursuit Twentieth Anniversary Edition, uh, and then Trivial Pursuit 1992. 92. Huh. Is it just all questions about the year 1992? Yes. They came out with a game that's Trivial Pursuit 1992, or was this just like the 90s and every card is a year? Yes, I think it's totally 90s. Pink Wedge. Okay, this is racy. Just disclaimer. This is a little bit racy. (laughs) Disclaimers already. Uh, Who included a photo of herself sucking Naomi Campbell's toe in a titillating (laughs) tome? titled sex ah. oh it's alliterative let me read that again who oh, included okay. a photo of herself sucking naomi <laughs> campbell's toe in a titillating tome titled sex colin that is the one and only madonna madonna yes madonna uh next question yellow edge what animation studio supplements its film income with sales of its oscar-winning render man system oh <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, Chris. I'm gonna yeah. have to go ahead and guess and say that it's Pixar. It is studios here Pixar. In it's good that they have a side hustle, you know, in case <laughs> they need it. Yeah. In case they need the money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Purple Wedge. What diva sang song title "One More for the Road" as Johnny Carson's last Tonight Show guest? Whoa. One more for the road, Colin. I think that was Bette Midler. Correct. It is 
Bet Midler, nice. Divine Miss M, Orange Wedge. What American League ball club did the owner of Domino's sell to the owner of Little Caesars? <laughs> <laughs> well, wait. So this means this team was owned by the owner of Domino's and sold it to the owner of Little Caesars. Yeah. Huh. Wow. All we all we have to go on is just some AL team. All right, Chris, uh, please. Yeah, Baltimore Orioles. I have no idea. Uh, Colin. The Tigers. Yes, Detroit Tigers. Nice. All right, Green Wedge, what fixtures throughput did U.S. legislators order reduced from 3.5 to 1.6 gallons? Oh. (laughs) That is. Uh, Chris. The flush turlet. Yes, it is the toilet. Yes, low flow toilets were definitely a uh, a, a topic of some political concern in the early 1990s. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was this whole thing about, oh, we got to have these low flow toilets and flush uh, less water. So our standard now is 1.6. Yeah, yeah. So does that mean the toilets were just like huge? They just just moved a lot more water. Oh, I see, I see. All right, uh, last question in the 1992 card... What right-wing radio personality popularized the term feminazis to mock strident feminists? Wow. Wow. Colin, please. Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh. That is certainly a question. Who wrote this card? Got Naomi Campbell's toe and (laughs) It's the 90s. It was just scandalous. Seriously. Good job, brains. And finally, guys, today I'm recording sitting on a chair. We got our stuff. We we had a moving pod. It kept getting delayed week after week. I've been eating off the ground, working (laughs) off the ground, wearing the same two sets of clothes. I I would make plates out of foil. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, in no small part, that was actually some, some little bit of the inspiration for the idea behind today's episode, which is just... Moving things from point A to point B. Like it's not just it's not just the mail. It's all the way up to people's entire lives and belongings being moved uh, in a box or a container or a truck or a train or a ship or an envelope. And I thought uh, moving things around delivery would be an excellent topic. So this week it's signed, sealed, and delivered. I'm yours. <laughs> Well, folks, as I think Karen and Colin, I've told you guys this. I've let you guys in on this, this fun that I had over winter break, but I have not told our listeners. uh, And so you can all be really happy for me that, yes, for the first time in a few years, um, you know, since the pandemic started, we went back to the East Coast to visit our families. And before we headed into New England, uh, where my family, my wife's family are, We did a few days in New York City, and there was one thing that I absolutely wanted to do, uh, and that was, and I did it, and it was to go and see, yes, the Music Man. um, (laughs) With Hugh Jackman? With Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster. Foster! Oh my gosh. I love Sutton Foster. Never gotten to see her live in anything. She's phenomenal. Hugh Jackman was amazing. At the Winter Garden Theater, actually, the ancestral home of cats. How about that? Um, so I was in the Music Man in high school. I played the mayor. 
the mayor in this performance that we saw was actually played by uh, Mark Lynn Baker, by Cousin Larry from Perfect Strangers. Oh my God, who isn't she Hulk? It was a star-studded cast. Oh my God. I'm like, I'm going, I, I felt very much like when you, Karen, went to see Hamilton, you know what I mean? Like for me, this was like, I'm doing this. I got, we got front row seats and the front, the seats in the Winter Garden Theater, they pack them in. So front row seats, you're sitting in the front row seat and your knees are very close to touching the stage. And at one point, Hugh Jackman is like hiding around a corner in a barn on stage, right? And he is right next to me. Wow. Like his feet are by my eyeballs. It was so close. Wolverine himself. I loved it. Anyway, I had a, I had a blast. One of my favorite Broadway shows. And The Music Man is set in the year 1912, takes place out in River City, Iowa, right? 1912, Iowa. There's a big song in Act One of The Music Man that you've probably heard. It's called The Wells Fargo Wagon. Mm -hmm. And it's a big song and all the cast members come out and they sing about the Wells Fargo Wagon is coming down the street and it's going to deliver packages to us, right? So the classic, that classic like stagecoach that to this day, like the Wells Fargo logo, right? It's the stagecoach with the horses, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the banking institution, which is how we know Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo used to be a delivery company, you know, and if you lived out west, you know, any anywhere west oh. of the East Coast, basically, right. <laughs> and you needed to have a big package sent to you, it would likely arrive on the Wells Fargo wagon, the Wells Fargo stagecoach as a, uh, which was a private delivery company. Why is the song the Wells Fargo Wagon and not the United States Postal Service <laughs> coming down the street, right? Yeah, yeah. Be that is because the Music Man is set in the year 1912. And in the year 1912, you could not send packages via the United States Postal Service. Oh, only letters? Yes, only had letter delivery service. And anything over four pounds, they would not handle. Now, The Music Man... That, that scene might have been slightly different had it only been set a year later. Because oh. in 1913, 1913, USPS introduces, introduces Parcel Post. Mm. Revolutionary system known as Parcel Post. Now known as USPS Retail Ground. They changed the name <laughs> only recently. Um, but Parcel Post. And this combined with the earlier introduction of another revolutionary service, which was uh, Rural Free Delivery. They would actually deliver to you in rural areas because if you used to live in a in a rural area or somewhere far flung, you have to mm. go to the post office to get your stuff, and yeah. that might be many miles away. So, rural free delivery will actually bring your stuff to you, and parcel post combined, huge deal for if you lived out west or were thinking about moving out west, you could now order things, you could yeah. have stuff. They would bring it to your house. Okay. Parcel Post, when they introduced it, January 1st, 1913, was incredibly popular. How popular was it? It was so popular during the first five days of service, the Smithsonian Institution says, during the first five days that Parcel Post was, <laughs> was in service, the USPS handled 4 million Parcel oh post God. packages. The U.S. population in 1913 <laughs> was only 97 million people. Oh my God. Four million packages in the first five. Wow. Days. 
parcel post was huge. Immediately led to the explosive rise in mail order businesses like mm. Montgomery Ward and, of course, mm. Sears Robot, mm-hmm. the Sears catalog. Yep, that's where you got all your stuff because there wasn't anywhere else to get it. So for a brief period of time, uh, the introduction of parcel post in 1913 also led to a market increase in United States citizens using the USPS to mail children. (laughs) (laughs) They're children. (laughs) From where? From where to to where? where? Great great question. Where are they sending the children? And where? Mailing. They're mailing. Mailing. Putting their children in the dead ass mail. Okay? (laughs) To be clear, mailing your children was not a intended or contemplated use of the United States parcel post. Like this was not, they were like, Oh yeah. And you could mail your kids. No, 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 no. It was the air. It was more like the Airbud rule where it was like, there's nothing in the <laughs> yeah. rules that says you can't stick a stamp on your child and write an address on your child and hand it to the mailman. But apparently in, according to history.com, uh, who is quoting the U S postal museum, which is part of the Smithsonian, January 1913, literally the month they started Parcel Post Service, uh, a couple by the name of Mr. and Mrs. Jesse Beagle of Glen Est, Ohio, they wanted their 10-pound baby to go visit his grandmother, uh, whose house was a mile down the road, so they paid 15 cents for postage, they pinned a little address card to him, they gave him to the mailman. And the mailman took him down the street to his grandmother's house. <laughs> they they also paid, they insured their son for $50. Just <laughs> yeah, in case yeah. something happened. Well, I mean, replacement value, you know. Exactly, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> so beginning with the little Beagle Boy, uh, the National Postal Museum at the Smithsonian has found evidence of seven children being put through the USPS <laughs> between oh 1913 and 1915. What a um, badge of honor. So it is. New York Times, 1914. <clears throat> Let's read it. It's great. Mrs. E.H. Staley of this city received her two-year-old nephew by parcel post today from his grandmother in Stratford, Oklahoma, where he had been left for a visit three weeks ago. That's Stratford, Oklahoma! Oklahoma. The, the boy wore a tag about his neck showing it had cost 18 cents to oh. send him through the mails. <laughs> He was transported 25 miles by rural route before reaching the railroad. He rode with the mail clerks, shared his lunch with them, and arrived here in good condition. Oh, my gosh. As this anecdote suggests, I don't want anybody thinking that kids were, it was like Garfield mailing Nermal to Abu Dhabi. Right, like in in a box rattling around in the back of the (laughs) truck. Garfield mailing Nermal. It's so vivid. <laughs> so, so if it was a baby, then the postal serve the, the postal worker would carry the baby along with him as he did the ride because they're not driving a truck because it's it's yeah, 1913. Yeah. So they're either on a horse or they're just walking. <laughs> it, it, it's truly just blows my mind that 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 any postal carrier would consent to this, <laughs> like Airbud rules or not, you know. Like, they, and they did, sure. and they did. I, I guess you know at this point, people probably had a closer relationship with yeah, their, their mailman, as yeah. it were, than we probably fair. did then. But even so, even so, man, it it was not again. It's not 
common. This only happened seven times in a nation okay. of around 100 million people. But it's like, <laughs> it happened enough that yeah. people did this. And yeah. so, and the kids, if you were a kid that could walk, you would just walk with the mailman. They would, they would essentially escort you. But in, <laughs> but, but some people took very long, February 19th, 1914, six-year-old girl named Charlotte May Pierstoff was sent through the mail to visit her grandmother 73 miles away from Grangeville to Lewiston in Ohio. They put her in a coat. They stuck 53 cents in postage on her coat. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> and she sat in the mail car of the train. So again, so in this case, the mail the mail clerk on that train was a was a cousin of hers. So there okay. was a little bit of an inside job okay. aspect in okay. letter, but right. they still right. they put the postage on her and she sat in the mail car. The guy looked the other way and made sure she was okay, but they mailed her. Right, right. There actually there's a children's book called Mailing May that is about this girl and, and her journey. It seems like these every time this happened, you know, it kind of like I don't know if it's every time it happened, but you often it would become sort of a newspaper story. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And and maybe these stories were becoming a little too noticed because it wasn't long after that that in 1914, about a year after, you know, Postal, Postal Post was introduced, the Postmaster General of the U.S. did, in fact, have <laughs> yeah. to issue a rule. One of those things where you see a sign somewhere and it's like, that sign's only there because somebody did that, you know? <laughs> there was a rule saying, no, sorry, you you cannot mail a human being. but. It's not like this rule could immediately be enacted across all of the various post offices and things across the U.S. immediately. <laughs> so in 1915, uh, another six-year-old girl named Edna Neff was mailed from Pensacola, Florida to Christiansburg, Virginia Whoa. in 1915. 720-mile <laughs> journey. Now, no, sorry, you can't. Put your child in the mail anymore. <laughs> Jury's out on whether this is good or bad, but you know, fifty nine cents, geez. right? Yeah, I know. It was it was a lot cheaper than buying them a train ticket. <laughs> I mean, that was it. It was just like it's the cheapest way to do it. But this does not necessarily extend to all living things. You can actually mail today a variety of living things. You can put them in the U.S. mail, and they will deliver them for you. Hmm. And I will tell you. Now, I'm going to list some things. Okay. I'm going to be real clear here. Yes, it is true that you can mail these things. You don't have to have special permission. In most cases, you can mail them. But you do have to follow certain rules. Like, okay. there's rules about the packaging. There's 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 rules about, like, the day you can drop it off. Because, you know, they don't deliver mail on Sundays. So you don't want to drop off a live thing on the Saturday. Uh, okay, you know, right. that, 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 that sort of thing. But you can mail through the USPS right now today. Honeybees. Oh. Honeybees go on surface transportation unless you're mailing queen honeybees, in which oh. case you, you can ship queen honeybees via airmail. And it says specifically on the USPS site, each queen honeybee may be accompanied by up to eight attendant honeybees. <laughs> oh, the, her little yeah. entourage. Yeah. yeah. She can have her entourage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can mail live day-old poultry these ones specifically like chicks chickens <laughs> ducks emus geese guinea birds partridges mm. pheasants quail turkeys if they are a day old <laughs> like the chicks you can put them in the u.s mail 
They wow. will deliver them for you. Adult birds. <laughs> as long as the bird is more than six ounces, but no more than 25 pounds, you can mail your bird. That's you. That's a big bird. <laughs> 20, yes, 20, 25 20. pound bird. 24, 24 and a half pound <laughs> yeah, bird. Yeah. Live scorpions. <laughs> now, you can put live scorpions in the mail for one of two reasons. One, if it is for the purposes of medical research. Or two, if you're sending them to somebody for the so that so that they can manufacture anti-venin. Oh, what a cool! If if you are sending it for yeah, right. If you're sending it for that reason or those two reasons alone, you can mail live scorpion. Now, again, in this case, there are there are very strict rules on the packaging. It's got to be double boxed. (laughs) Yeah, the inner the inner box. It's like one of those things where like the inner box like. It has to. It says on the it has to be made of a material that cannot be punctured by a scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> and then the inner box, and then the both boxes have to say "live scorpions." Live um, scorpions. Um, <laughs> and then finally, the other cat, the last category: small, harmless, cold-blooded animals. Now I'm not going to read all of, them, but this could be worms, lizards, leeches, snails. Yeah, leeches could also mean goldfish. Could also mean frogs, and it could also mean baby alligators. <laughs> the key takeaway from all this is clearly baby alligators can mail. Baby babies no. cannot cannot mail. <laughs> and I learned something today. I want to sign <laughs> up a like, lot of things for today. the the mix and match where you've got the baby alligator and you know the live chicks, you know, and it's like, no, it's you <laughs> sir, you cannot mix and match. Yeah, this is it's, one of the lo- this one of the, the logic puzzles. Yeah, this is two shipments, <laughs> sir. I need to okay, I need to send this baby alligator, this yeah, baby yeah. chick, and this stack of corn. Now right. <laughs> I'm just I'm standing there in line at the post office with the baby alligator under one arm and like you know just like a basket full of baby chicks and the other i have always i've always heard that the the mail your children thing was was like true uh, but but maybe you know not kind of what you're imagining and yeah no that's it's exactly yeah it's not just like a kid in a crate with an arm dangling out the side that's it well so the thing is that the Snopes listed as a mixture of fact and 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 fiction because the problem is people will take a staged silly photo of like a mailman with a baby in a mail sack or something <laughs> like that that was a joke and mm. then they'll put next to it like you used to be able to mail your children ah, and it's like right, right. you actually did used to be able to mail your children it's just that <laughs> that photograph is sort of a ridiculous stage thing i gotcha i gotcha yeah all right here i have a quiz about postage stamps uh mail systems uh general grab bag quiz so uh get your barnyard buzzers ready here we go what is the country with the world's oldest postal system oh geez dating back to the 15th century uh colin i'm gonna guess england england it is england it is england number two who was the first postmaster general of the united states oh and here's a here's a hit Uh, uh he was appointed by benjamin franklin okay all right oh in 1775 yeah 
Okay, first. This is I know this is this is a thing where it's like it's somebody famous. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be one of the. I mean, one of the founding fathers, (sighs) right? Uh, First postmaster general appointed by Benjamin Franklin, seventeen seventy five. Okay. It's not a great hint. Oh, okay. Because it is Benjamin Franklin himself. (laughs) Okay, all right. Appointed himself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can appoint I can appoint anybody and yeah. I've decided I am the best candidate. <laughs> uh, here's a good trivia question. What is the name of the first postage stamp introduced in England in 1840? There's a oh name. Oh my gosh. Mm. Yeah, it's like the it has like the queen on it or something like that and it's like black and it's like the penny something. Yes, it is the penny black. Oh, penny black. Yes, okay. Wow. wow. I know I, see, I couldn't wow. yep. I I wouldn't have been able to come up with the penny black exactly, but it's like I know it. I know yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, I re- oh, I read a book about this. About I sales. mean, I didn't think you just intuited it. I figured that No, you, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just, yeah. Uh next question. What is the common name of a system of underground tunnels that was used to transport goods and people beneath Paris? What? What is the common name of the system Uh, from the 19th century? Okay. A system of underground tunnels and passages that was used to transport goods and people beneath Paris. Uh, Chris. The catacombs? It is the catacombs. Uh, One of the coolest places in the world uh if you're ever in paris you're you're down there it smells like dead people and you're you're surrounded by skulls like (laughs) very old skulls it's very goth very cool very unique i will i will also add to that if you are in paris uh you can tour the sewer and it's the history i know i know like the old big sewer the old historic sewer, right? And down there, they even show you like there's the scene like in uh, Les Misérables, like oh yeah, 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 yeah. And so like they say that like Victor Hugo like came down there and like did his research on it and like actually you know tried to make it feel very realistic. This is exactly our kind. It's like oh we went to Paris. Oh really? What did you do? Oh we went uh, in the sewers, <laughs> um, the hole with the skulls in it. Yeah, <laughs> all the usual stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a very Broadway musical centric episode today. <laughs> Miz, yeah. Jean Valjean. Next question. Where is the world's busiest port? Where in the world is oh, the world's busiest man. port? Busiest port. Hmm. It is in Asia. Colin. Shanghai. Shanghai, it is Shanghai. Wow. Good job. Good job. Last question. This is this is hard, but I feel like if you play pub trivia, this is something you should know. We all know the whole story about uh, how the marathon distance or race came to be. There was a the, the messenger who ran from Marathon uh, mm. to Athens to deliver the news about victory over the Persians. What was his name? The uh, guy, the messenger who yeah. ran uh-huh. yeah. all the way. Oh, I feel like you've told us this before, Karen. Oh, man. Still not 100% how to pronounce it. Phidipides? Phidipides. 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 Phidipides, yes. That, that is tingling yep. a, a very small part of my brain. All right. Good job, brains. <laughs> Let's take a break and we'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm not LeVar Burton. You're listening to Good Job Brain, but you don't have to take my word for it. Hello, hello. This week, we're talking about things that are being shipped. And Colin, what are you mailing today? I want to talk to you guys about dangerous foods. So uh, keeping with the theme of this episode, I want to talk about foods where the very act of transporting them has the potential for property damage, injury, even death. Oh. Uh, when it comes to food, <laughs> we, we really are a global economy. We send food all over the world, from everywhere to everywhere. I mean, how many great stories on our show have been the first time that Place X had access to food? Why? You oh, know? Chicago had lobster because of the ice business. That's I remember that so clearly. Exactly, Karen. Exactly the example I was going to give. Right, the lobster. Right, like that was you know these things that we take for granted now, but it was only the advent of the commercialized ice business that. Uh, they could get lobster to Chicago because they could ice it on the trains. But I was interested not in trucks or trains, but ocean shipping because, uh, well, one, a lot, I mean, a lot of food is transported by ocean to countries uh, uh, way, way far away from where it came from. Brie to pistachios to grains to coconuts, you name it. Uh, we'll keep it vegetarian. We don't even need to get into livestock. <laughs> um, so what really distinguishes ocean transport from trucks or even rail is the volume of stuff you can send, uh, which is very, very high, and also the duration of the trip, which can sometimes be very, very long compared to a truck or a train, you know, several weeks or more from point A to point B. So what you have here, large quantities of foods, often tightly packed often sitting relatively undisturbed for long periods of time, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. I will tell you uh, some of the many things that can go wrong uh, with this scenario. Let's, let's start with least dramatic. Expansion, right? Expansion. So, oh. you know, grains are particularly susceptible to expansion based on humidity. Moisture. moisture yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. You might be able to observe this in, you know, a sack or maybe a barrel of, of grain, but I want you to just multiply this by thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of, of times, okay? And you have a enormous hold on a ship full of grain. If it starts expanding, 
too quickly or too dramatically, it can rupture the hold. It can literally- No way. Yes, absolutely. Crumple metal. It can absolutely, if it Mm -hmm. is packed in with not enough room to expand, and if you're not keeping a close enough eye on it, you can cause physical damage to the containment units just from the volume of grain expansion. Um, Toxic gases. Some foodstuffs, certain varieties of cheese, for instance, produce off-gassing. They're in some ways active. So on a single wedge or a wheel of cheese, you might never notice uh, these, these gases building up. But again, if you've got several thousand pounds of cheese all together in the same containment unit, if you do not have proper ventilation, if you go down in the hold... You you could be exposed to toxic you could die gas. from cheese gas. That's the way to go, right? Uh, no, maybe. it's not. No. <laughs> no. Sounds very bad. So very closely connected to that is just pure oxygen loss. Not that they're necessarily putting out something bad, but if you've got your food is sucking up all the oxygen and you go down there, you're in trouble. Wheat is a good example of this. After wheat is harvested, it continues to absorb oxygen. Again, a small quantity, you'd never notice this, but in a huge full hold on a ship, if it's closed up, you could go down there, and if you are not aware, you you try and breathe, and you pass out, and you die. Wow, it, it's backdraft. So, so question, Colin. I assume these these rules are in place because there have been potential deaths. Oh yeah, uh, caused by. I mean, that's how they found out the 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 history of safety regulations. I mean, as Chris as Chris kind of touched on in his is the history of safety regulations is we have these regulations because they were being violated before. Yeah, <laughs> and a lot of it, you know, I mean, it, it's not laughing matter. I mean, people have lost their lives for some of these incidents, but yeah, you have to kind of learn the hard way. You don't way. know like, until you do it. Yeah. You have to learn the hard way. Yeah, absolutely right. Tangentially, you know, something that I learned uh, in the researching of the mailing of children is that when parcel post started somebody also basically shipped an entire bank via parcel post because they wanted to build a bank and they were like oh well the cheapest way to get all the bricks to build my bank so they just sent all the bricks through parcel post and it was a huge problem because all the mail carriers were doing were just delivering load after load of bricks to build an entire building and they were like oh, okay, we need to put a limit on how much stuff any one agent can put into the parcel post system. It's like, what does it cost to send? What's the weight limit? 25 pounds? Okay. What does it cost to send 25 pounds of bricks? What is that multiplied across everything? Okay, that's the cheapest way to do it. Someone once sent us a potato, like a real potato through the mail. Mm-hmm. Like oh, the address yeah. was on the t- on, oh, the, on potato. the potato. Yeah, yeah, oh, just yeah. so right. that they could do it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, moving right along here, um, let's chat about explosions, shall we? Now, you guys have maybe heard of grain silo explosions. Oh, yeah. Is when there is a spark. Sometimes static electricity could even set these off. Doesn't just have to be grain. It could be cocoa powder. It could be a, really anything that can be a really fine particulate matter. Mm. Literally a single spark can just blow the entire thing. And sometimes in like just milliseconds, you can have this first explosion that kicks up more dust in the air. Then that explodes mm. again. It's it's bad enough on land. 
Imagine now if you have a oh, grain no. explosion out at sea. Anything that can get into dust particles in the air, uh, corn powder, uh, wheat uh, wheat powder, cocoa powder, anything is a potential dust explosion. They've had cases on ships where it's like a faulty lamp inside the hold, maybe sparks, even just you know a, a chunk of metal scrapes against another chunk of metal, and next thing you know, a cocoa powder explosion. Uh, here's the part that intrigued me the most, the most dangerous uh, food to transport. It is the the unassuming nut. Oh! In particular, certain nuts, certain foods can spontaneously combust. Just sitting there, m- minding their own business, and next thing you know, they're on, they're on fire. Literally, they can be on fire. And this can happen fast. The real uh, dangerous nuts here are high oil content nuts, Brazil nuts, uh, pistachios. Why does this happen? How does this happen? How do we stop it from happening? As the oil, the the fat decomposes, it puts out a very small amount of heat. I mean, small relative to that single nut. Moisture can actually make the decay happen faster, puts out more heat. Then the more heat, more moisture can come in. If you're on a boat, as you might imagine, a lot of sources of moisture and all packed in on each other. Again, this is not a little bag of pistachios sitting on your desk that you're munching. This is hundreds and thousands of pounds of pistachios, several feet thick, potentially heating up, heating up, heating up, and they will catch fire. And once they catch fire, the oil now is a great little fuel, keeps it going. Next thing you know, you've got a hold that is on fire, full of flaming nuts. That does smell delicious. That smells incredible. (laughs) Yeah. Next time you have some cheese and nuts uh, on your little uh, appetizer plate there, just take a moment and appreciate how truly dangerous their journey might have been to get to you. We salute you, brave nut transporters. (laughs) Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. All right, I have a great surprise, uh, our last segment. It's still uh, within the theme of our episode, but I have a music round, a music quiz, a name that tune. I will be playing very, very short clips of a popular song, and what you guys need to do is identify the artist who is performing there is also a theme and we'll okay. talk a little bit more about the theme afterwards, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. Okay. Because these clips are short, Colin and Chris, you guys can talk it out and give me one final answer okay. for All each right. question sure. and work together. Work together Sounds huh? good. Yeah. All right. Secret theme music round. Here we go. Clip one. Oh man. I don't know who that I is. Know. Oh. 
what is, is that? Oh, I don't know. Is it Pearl Jam? No. All right, and so we're 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 naming just the the artist and just the artist, and we're looking for a theme. Theme. Okay. The theme could show up in the artist. Could the title? Maybe something mm-hmm. else. But but mm-hmm. it's not Green Day. Colin, well, we, why isn't it Green Day? Maybe it is Green Day. Maybe I'm overthinking it. I mean, we got to answer something. All right, we're going to say Green Day. <laughs> why? I just give you the answer. It is Green Day. Okay, oh, all right. I'm talking day. myself out of it. Yeah, I was okay, just overthinking it. All right. I don't know the title, which might be helpful, but let's keep a list here at least. We got Green Day in there. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Let's all right. play clip number two Name the Artist. Well, it's not Green Day. (laughs) (laughs) What if it is? (laughs) But Colin, let me pose this question to you. To me, this Uh, is very, uh, you know, EA Sports. Yeah, yeah. DJ Striker playlist for Burnout. Yeah, Yeah, like, I don't know. SSX. Yeah, like Fallout Boy or somebody or. This is Yellow Card. Yellow Card. If you're playing along at home. You're thinking, why don't these idiots know the theme already? It is because there's no way that Karen has given us the theme of bands with colors in their name. <laughs> unless unless that's what she's doing and it's to throw us off, but we'll see. We're, we're I, real I, good I, at getting inside our own. I really don't yeah. think, yeah, exactly. I don't think that's what we're... It wasn't until you pointed that out that I realized they both had color in their name. <laughs> wow. Disappoint me every day, Karen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. Let's play clip number three. Okay. 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 There are two now, artists here. A lot of um, people have done this song. Yeah. Yes. There's a very famous cover of this one. Though. I, I, I mean, definitely I, one of those voices in there, Chris. I think I'm sure you'll agree with me. Sound very Mick Jagger like. Uh, oh. And there is a very famous version of this with Mick Jagger and uh, David Bowie. So I'm gonna, a, I'm gonna guess that it. it's Jagger and Bowie. Correct. There is. A, there's a video for this as well. Yes, yeah, and it's, it's yeah. wild. Mm. Yes. Dancing in the street is that what it's called? Dancing in, the street. in the street. Dancing in the street. What yes. are the other songs so far? I'm not gonna say. Oh, yeah, we, we, we barely even uh, made it through those first two. All right, so but we got okay, we're right. we're on the board here, Chris, yeah, with on the one board. solid ID with okay. Dancing right. in the street. Okay, okay, right. and we know it's a, it's a okay. cover. I don't doesn't really. Okay, all right. Clip number four. Baby's got a habit, diamond rings and Fendi sports bras Riding down Rodeo in my Maserati sports car Got no stress, I've been through all that I'm like a Marlboro man, so I keep going back mm. It is a cowboy rapper <laughs> You know what? This genre is cowboy rapper Okay uh, I would say this is a remix of a, of a pretty famous uh, song Billy Ray Cyrus. 
Uh, it yeah. is Billy Ray Cyrus. Okay. Who is a featured, the featured artist of the remix of Old Town Road. Yeah, I was going to say Nas Lil Nas X, X but I, I did not is? know that that was yes, Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh. Which is amazing. On the board, Chris. Good job, Billy Ray Cyrus. And this was Old Town Road. So co- covers, remix, maybe, maybe something mm-hmm. there. I don't know. Don't know. The secret theme is related yeah. to this episode. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. 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 Sure. All okay. Right. Clip number five. I have no idea, but I'm getting the theme. I'm definitely oh. getting the theme. Okay, good. But good, I don't. Good. I have, but I don't know. Is it the to see the world? Oh God! <laughs> yeah. And I don't. But what's the artist? I don't. Know. Uh, yeah. oh, it's the man. late '90s. It is a one-hit wonder, and I don't mean that in a mean way. Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah. This is the way by Fastball. Oh, wow! The way hey. by Fastball. There was a huge hit. Oh yes. Clip number six. Okay. Late late 80s, early 90s on this one. Yeah. The song is She Drives Me Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that was that was uh, fine young cannibals, I believe. Correct. She oh, drives nice. me crazy. Fine young cannibals. Okay. Good job. Okay. Next clip. All right. Number seven. Seven. There's a world outside every darkened door where blues won't haunt you anymore. Where the brave are free and lovers soar. Come ride with me to the distant shore. We won't hesitate to break down the garden gate. There's not much time left today. Yeah. Life is a highway. Um, life is a life is a highway. Yes. Um, I think Rascal Flats did a version of this, but is that Rascal Flats? Yes, is it- this is oh. the, the, the covered version. Rascal Flats oh. as featured in uh, Pixar's Cars. Cars. <laughs> yes. Okay. Who was the original? Tom Cochran. Oh Tom wow. Cochran. Okay. Tom Cochran. Man. This might be the first music quiz I ever had really expanded to country and include country. Even if it's via, yeah, cars. Yeah, cars and <laughs> Lil Nas X. Yeah. Pixar, yeah. 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 Last that all clip. Oh, last clip. Number right. eight. Last okay. one. Here all we right. go. I know the theme. The theme is guys who sing like this. Very popular in the 90s. Was was that Stone Temple Pilots? Yes. Okay. Stone Temple Pilots. 
the and band the song uh this one you know this wasn't rock band which is one of our uh our, our <laughs> collectively our one of our favorite <sighs> video games that was interstate love song interstate okay. love song okay. of course wow okay i think i have a guess at the theme you, you go for it colin Okay, I agree. With well, you. I I feel like this is every every song title is uh, part of the the standard postal address for streets and and drive uh, avenue etc. Yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are street roadway drive highway interstate. Yep, yep. So let's go down the list. Um, and so what inspired this is you know I had to have an address change. Right. Ah, uh, yes. Seattle's a little bit weird. You know, some places are where there's like Third Avenue, Third Street, Third Avenue North, Third <laughs> Avenue West, and they're all different streets. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it it got me thinking, like, oh, let's look up: are there actual technicality and differences mm. in some of these street names? You know, a- Avenue versus a street, uh, versus a boulevard versus a place court you know think of all the addresses they're like you see a lot of variations outside of just street and and road right so let's go down the list first song boulevard of broken dreams by green day what is a boulevard a boulevard is defined as a large wide street with trees on both sides often there's a median also Mm. with trees grand pretty big yes grand a pretty big road next song ocean avenue by yellow card an avenue usually runs perpendicular to a street so all the streets go one way and then Mm. the avenues cross the streets okay okay of course these are uh intended definitions there's yeah. you know well, well there's always exceptions to the rule i live on an course. avenue and it is perpendicular to a street, to a street. so yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's true i mean like house. growing up i feel like the, i thought these were all interchangeable but turns yeah. out yeah there's like specific meaning for for a lot of these all right third song was dancing in the street uh mm-hmm. mcjagger david bowie uh street uh public way with buildings on both sides it runs perpendicular to an avenue Uh, The next song, The Way by Fastball. A way is a small street off a road. Mm -hmm. Next one, we have Old Town Road, Lil Nas X featuring uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. Road. Road is the most general. It's your default. It's your default. It's your default. Next song, She Drives Me Crazy, uh, Fine Young Cannibals Drive. So this is interesting. I did not know this. A drive often is not straight. And it's because it's contouring to something in the natural environment. Uh, so maybe there's a mountain, maybe there's a hill, maybe there's a river. And like the the, the road has to curve uh, due to nature. And so that's what's usually called a drive. I grew like up on a drive. My childhood house was a drive. And and that mm. does make sense. It was it was sort of long and, and sort of twisty around in sort of the hills yeah, around where I live. it's like working around nature. Interesting, interesting. Uh, all right, we got Life is a Highway, Rascal flats highway is <laughs> defined as a major public road that usually connects multiple cities <laughs> and so within the, the the family of roads where you drive really fast on a uh, highway is like the mother of these because we also have a turnpike and a freeway right. freeway is supposed to be free a turnpike is part of the highway you have to pay toll for 
That's usually the difference. My understanding was also that they were literally elevated. Some, not yes. all, historically. Not all. They were higher than yeah. The, the, yeah. And then lastly, we have an interstate love song by Stone Temple Pilots. Interstate uh, goes between states, but not all the time. But not all the time within the highway system. Here are some other kind of uh, uh, unusual road names. We have a so court circle place. Mm. Usually it's a, it's a road that ends in a loop or a circle. Uh, it doesn't go anywhere else. It goes kind of around itself. Um, a terrace, terrace, usually uh, to describe a street following the top of a slope. So you're like on top and that ah. road becomes a terrace. Um, causeway is road that passes like low water or swampy grounds. And then a beltway is a highway surrounding a city, like a belt around the waist of the city. Mm. I've lived on a drive, a couple of streets, an avenue. I guess that's it. A drive, a couple of streets, and an avenue. That's my that's my life history. <laughs> All right. Well, good job, guys. We we got there. And that is our show. Thank you guys for joining me and thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learned stuff about mailing children, about combustible nuts, about uh, uh, roads and streets. And uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on all podcast apps. And on our website, goodjobbrain.com. This podcast is part of Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to other shows like History of Everything, Tumble, the science podcast for kids, and the movies that made us. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.